Great. Well, good morning, everybody. It's uh, fantastic to see you. Um, I was just sat there. I'd forgotten all about this, but I think it was about 10 years ago. Um, I was pastoring another church in Birmingham, and uh, just a few weeks before Pentecost, the Bishop of Birmingham phoned me, uh, John Sitamu, and he said, Nigel, are you free on Pentecost Sunday? Because I would love you to come to the cathedral and preach. So I said, that'd be amazing. Yeah, of course I'm free. I'll make myself free. I said, what would you like me to speak on? He said, I'd love you to speak on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, what I've written, he said, I've written to every church in the diocese. And uh, we've invited everybody to come along. And what I want us to do at the end of the service, I want us to anoint everybody with holy oil that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. How good is that? And uh, so uh, that's really what, in a little way, we're going to do this morning. You know, know, I believe God wants all of his people, amen, all of his church, me and you and everyone, to know more of the fullness of the Spirit. Who's up for that in order that we can live our life? A little bit of what that looks like. I was, uh, I I just love Phil and Wendy. We're not very close, but uh, a couple of times I visited their church when they were up in the northeast and there's certain people you know I stayed in their home visited their home and met with them and spoke at their great church and there were just kind of some people you connect with in your heart and I could just tell these guys really love God and they're committed to making a difference well I was up there just speaking a little bit ago um, uh, for a pastor's conference and uh, I'd arrived very early in the morning and I'd gone to Tesco's uh, for a, uh, a breakfast, and I was going to get a little a sandwich and a bottle of water for the long drive home later on that afternoon. And um, when I was stood at the at the the, 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 the kind of counter, um, the checkout, uh, there was a lady in front of me, and she had got her son with her who had got Down syndrome. Half past seven in the morning, Thursday morning. And I'm sat there just quietly thinking, I'm just going to have, the, you know, get my breakfast. And the Lord spoke to me, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and says, Nigel, invite that lady and her son to have breakfast with you. And I thought, Lord, I cannot do that. You know, I'm, too, I'm quite a shy person. And I said, Lord, there's no way. If I ask that woman to have breakfast with me at half past seven in the morning, she'll call security, you know. And she'll say, there's a nutter in the, in the place, you know. Anyway, I spoke to her son. I just said, hi, yeah, what's your name? He said, Stephen. I said, hello, Stephen. Uh, I said, uh, what music do you like? He said, Elvis. And he started to sing Blue Suede Shoes. So I joined in a little bit. And then I said to his mum, look, I'm going to have some tea and toast. Would you and Stephen like to join me? She said, yes. So we went over. What I remember most about it is he wanted two chocolate eclairs for breakfast. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, we, we had, as I was passing her tea and toast, I said, you know, it must be a real challenge caring for Stephen. She said, you know, he's 42 years old. There's not been one day of his life when I've not been with him. He's the love of my life and I, you know, I, he, 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 I just love him to bits. And I said, you know, it's incredible to meet you. 
said, my wife and I, we've got uh, three kids and six grandkids. And I said, you know, it's been a challenge, but I just am amazed that, you know, you're just such, a, such an example of what it is to be a parent. And I said, hey, does your husband help you? She said, well, he left me soon after Stephen was born. I said, my goodness. I said, you, you know, I said, I'm going to do some other stuff today, but I'm not going to forget meeting you. But this is what happened. After about 25 minutes, I, I, I said, listen, I've got to go, but it's been a real pleasure meeting you. And I said, I, I hadn't mentioned that. I'm a Christian. You know, Jesus is really important to me. And, and would it be okay if I just said a prayer for you and Stephen? She said, that would be wonderful. She said, you know what? I don't think anybody has ever asked to pray with us. That's, that's modern Britain, Pastor Phil, isn't it? That someone can get into their 60s and have a son who's got special needs and no one has ever asked to pray with you. So I just prayed a prayer of blessing and I told her how God loved her. I told her about a great Baptist church I knew very near where she lived and I said, do you want to go along to that church? It'll be great. But this is what really broke me up. After 35 minutes, she said this to me. She said, Nigel, thank you for talking to me. She said, sometimes I can go two or three days and I have nobody to talk to except Stephen. And I just want to say, listen, the power of the Holy Spirit isn't about what we do in church and having a great time. It's partly that. But it's mostly what we do about in our everyday ordinary lives. It's stopping in the Tesco to smile at somebody, offer to help lift their package, or it's uh, sometimes at the school gate or at the coffee uh, you know, station in your office. It's, it's caring about people, amen? My, one of my life verses, I'm going to get on and preach in a little bit, but one of my life verses is Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. It says, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and he went around doing good. I love that. You know, I've lived with four women most of my life because uh, I'm married to Rachel and we have three daughters and six grandchildren you know, we spent a fair bit of our money in the body shop. You know, that's kind of, you know, that's part of our kind of uh, budgeting. But let me tell you this, you know, I, I, I love cooking. I, I, I love baking bread, you know, and I, I, especially in lockdown. But why would you want to bake just one loaf of bread? Why not? To, they call me the baker, you know, in my street, you know, because I just want to, I want to be good. To it. I hope you're not one of those miserable Christians. I don't think there are any here. You know, those, those Christians have been baptized in vinegar. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I hope you're a good person. I, I hope you, people love you being around. I hope your boss is delighted that you work in the company because you're a blessing to people. And so let's just take a few moments to look, you know. It's been, there's been an astonishing growth in coaching, uh, mentoring, personal trainers. Every industry seems to have these things, buddies. They're there to help you improve your performance, to prepare and support people through change. I just want to say the good news is that we have access to the most effective coach there is. If you're a follower of Christ, 
You don't need to hire a mentor, sign up for a course or join a team. There's a coach living inside of you, the Holy Spirit, who has come to dwell in you. Every Christian is filled already with the Holy Spirit. I love reading sporting biographies, and I was reading uh, the biography of uh, George Foreman. He was the heavyweight champion of the world. He won the heavyweight championship of the world on two occasions. Extraordinary guy. And uh, one of the things he tells in one of his chapters of one morning, he said a young journalist had asked to interview him. He said, this young journalist came and spoke to me and he says, Mr. Foreman, it's an honor to meet you. And boxing surely is one of the truly solo sports. It's just you and your opponent in the ring and it's last man standing. He said, young man, you couldn't be more wrong. He said, I could have never been world champion, but there were three people in my corner course, I'm a preacher, so when I read that, I thought, get me notebook out, Nigel. He said, there are three people in my corner. There's my coach. He says, my coach knows my body better than I do. He runs with me at 5 a.m. in the morning. He knows my strengths. He knows where I'm powerful. He knows where I'm vulnerable. He said, then there's my technician, he called him. My technician studies my opponent's. Before I ever get in the ring, he's watched every fight he's ever done. He knows where my opponent is strong and where he's vulnerable. And then he said, I have my cuts, man. My doctor. He can stop a cut becoming a gaping wound that would prevent me from winning the the fight. And so he says, I could never have been world champion without three people in my corner. Hallelujah. I'm so glad there are three people in my corner, aren't you? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who have come to dwell in me by the Spirit and enable me to take on the battle of life. And life is a battle, isn't it? It's not easy. My heart breaks over what's going on in our world right now. I've always had a strong social conscience and believe it's been given by the Holy Spirit. My heart bleeds over people with fuel poverty, people who are struggling. 850 workers are just P&O, just throughout. My heart bleeds over those kind of situations. People that are struggling and fearful. And Christians are not are people who in the midst of a broken world say we're going to trust God. Amen? We're going to trust God. See, this coach, the Holy Spirit, he wants to help you to hone your skills, inspire your attitude, improve your performance. He will give you and create within you a sense of security, self-worth and significance. I know you've been studying the life of Peter. Just an extraordinary person. The life of Peter And we see Peter in chapter 2 of Acts at the top of his game. 
If that was your first introduction to Peter, you would stand back and say, what an awesome, powerful apostle he is. He stands up with the eleven and he raises his voice and he addresses the crowd. Fellow Jews and all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk as you suppose. It's only 9 a.m. in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. So you look at him and you think, my goodness, what an awesome apostle. The big question is, where did he come from? How can you explain his phenomenal success? I'm sure you've been studying his life. Well, he's he's the guy that denies Jesus with oaths and curses three times. He denies Jesus. He refuses to wash Jesus' feet. He had the nerve to tell Jesus what he can and cannot do. He corrects Jesus saying, I will never fail you. There's a sense of belligerence about Peter. He's a a bit of a know-it-all, big mouth. Uh, Do you know anyone like that? Don't think about it for a moment. But uh, that was how he came across. He He tends to bluster and come into things. So why, God, did you choose such an inconsequential person? Why? Maybe, Jesus, you need to employ a kind of a consultant to help you kind of recruit someone a bit more able. But something transformative happened to Peter. We read about it in Acts chapter 2, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. You see, he wasn't a talented communicator. Peter wasn't an impressive leader. It wasn't because of his moral perfection or his spiritual excellence. None of those things. Peter had an encounter with the power of God. You know, I just wish, you know, something's pretty easy, you know, when I've been trying to do this thing and for a long time of Christian leadership. But I'd love to have introduced you to me when I was 14. My dad walked out on my mum, left her with five kids. I ran away from home, went to live in Islington in North London. Walked in, worked in the construction trades. You know, if you'd have seen me with a, you know, boiler suit on and high habit climbing up the scaffolds and that's where I worked for the first five, six, eight years of my working life. Just in a, 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 a just a, a working life. I'm a plumber. So, you know, if you've got problems with your drains, I'm your man, you know. Shy, struggled, failed at school completely. I thought my teachers loved me because there was lots of red crosses on my... (laughs) But, you see, Jesus came. I love the local church. I just loved, I love this. I love seeing... Just loads of men and women who love God, just ordinary people who have been impacted by the power of the Spirit and they were determined to serve God 
who are not interested in making a big name for themselves. They're just interested in making a big name for Jesus. That Jesus would be held in high honor. So let me introduce you to my friend, the Holy Spirit. And just in your heart, just say yes. That first song, Isaac, let us sing. You know, yes. Yes, his wife Emily, I haven't seen for a while, you know, he and my daughter were great mates and they went round doing a thing called Stance, which was a a street dance team and touring around the country just telling people about Jesus. I, I just love that. So we're empowered by the Spirit. So let me introduce you to a, a, a few moments. At the end of our service, you know, the leaders are just, we've got some oil here. Oil is a type of the Holy Spirit. The, the, the Bishop of Birmingham invited everybody, I think everybody in the cathedral queued up to be anointed with oil. I hope that this morning you'll be saying, yes, Lord, I, I want a fresh touch. Would you say that now? Lord, t- fill me. Fill me with your spirit. Enable me to stop in Tesco and say hello to someone or to smile at somebody or to, you know, do do an act of kindness to somebody this week that will make a difference. So who is the Holy Spirit? Uh, Who is the Spirit? Let me tell you a few things the Holy Spirit will have to do. In John chapter 14 and verse 16, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, the Bible says he will be with you. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever. I know sometimes you feel low. I know sometimes you feel it's hard. My, my wife used to teach in uh, Bourneville Colleges up here. And some years back she was driving across near Frankly Park uh, about 15 years ago. And she got into a serious car crash and, uh, and she uh, rolled off the side of the road. And when they got her out, they found she had broken her neck. I had to take about six months off to be her nurse. Ladies, it's bad enough breaking your neck, but having a plumber look after you for six months. So I'm not trying to lay something trivial on you and say, if you've got the Spirit, you'll all be frothy and smiley and happily and nothing hard will happen. I'm saying that sometimes in the hardest times, the Holy Spirit is with you. Aren't you glad about that? In the tough stuff of life, the Holy Spirit will accompany you. I would be terrified to live. Someone said to me the other week, oh, well, the Holy Spirit, you're just leaning on him. He's just a crutch. You better believe it. Remember when I was a young Christian and someone said to me, oh, you've just been brainwashed. I said, you better believe it. My brains needed washing. I had a lot of dirty stuff in my brain. I needed the cleansing power of the Spirit. To come and make something new of me. He is with me. The Holy Spirit will help to reveal the Bible to me. In fact, let me just say, I'm doing a little four-day holiday Bible conference in September. If you fancy coming, there's just some leaflets there. We're just going to go away together to a beautiful place and just study the Bible. But we're also just going to just hang out and have fun together. Just have a bit of a holiday. I just felt there were a lot of people that needed some time out just to relax. So if you're interested, just come. There's some leaflets there. But the Holy Spirit will reveal the Bible to to you. 
In John 14, 26, it says, But when the Holy Spirit comes, that the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. You see, the Holy Spirit wrote this book. He designed it from cover to cover, and so he can help you. Isn't it wonderful to, when you're doing some of those PhD studies in mathematics? My goodness me. Have you heard of Leonard Lomax? Is that, what's the, what's he supposed to, I know, so I won't go there. So let me stay with this. But let me just say this, is that isn't it wonderful when you've got the author alongside you to interpret what he has written? That's what, he, that's what the Holy Spirit does. So he, he's with me, he'll reveal the Bible to me, he helps you share Jesus. Isn't it hard sometimes to know just what to say or how to do? See, the Holy Spirit's told me sometimes when I'm with someone, don't say a thing. Just do something kind for that person. Just love that person. Then sometimes he'll prompt me to say words and I don't know what to say. And I'm saying, Lord, help me to say the right words. And you can just say the right words. He'll enable you to be a a witness for him. So how does the Holy Spirit lead me? How does he spirit me? Well, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit has been watching you. He's been watching you from when you were in your mother's womb. From the very day of your conception. Let me tell you, in God's uh, kingdom, there are no unwanted children. Did you know that? Maybe someone needs to hear that. I love Psalm 139. You made me. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And God says he's, he, he knit you together. He's been watching you. You know, God... Loves you and cares for you. Jeremiah said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Consider the apostle Paul. When he's talking to the Galatians about his calling as an apostle, he doesn't start his story about the road to Damascus. He doesn't say, as a young man, I was tutored by Gamaliel, the the great Oxbridge professor of his day. He doesn't say that he started as a boy listening to the great rabbis. No, he says in Galatians 1 and verse 15, God who set me apart from birth. I want you to know God has watched you every day of your life and he loves you. And he cares for you. And he's been leading you. And you say, well, Nigel, that might be great for the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah. It might be great for the mighty apostle, uh, the apostle Paul. But I'm just an ordinary guy living in Sally Oak. You know, I just do ordinary stuff. Well, listen. According to First Peter and chapter 1 and verse 2, you are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah! God loves you. Don't ever think you were just a, 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 a nobody in God's domain. He loves you and the Bible says he purchased you with his blood. Aren't you glad about that? You're precious For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus. You know, God's Spirit has been recruiting you. Not only is he watching you, he's recruiting you. Do you know, God has called you, not for idleness, but to serve his purpose. Amen. Everyone. 
We believe in the priesthood of all believers, that every man, woman, boy and girl, that's a great, it's the great dynamic of the local church. Every person. You may think, come along and think, well, I'm just a, one of the lesser important ones. No, 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 no. Every person is important to God. Every person. You know, there are three steps in Peter's process of coming to Christ. Let me just tell you. Firstly, when God encountered Peter, the first thing he did is he shows you not what you are, but what you can become. Amen? He shows you not what you are, but what you can become in him. That's a phenomenal thing. That God can take you, and he took me, just a young 14-year-old boy, a runaway, a d- discouraged, a so many hang-ups, you know, if you want hang-ups, you know, a 70s boy, you know, long hair, you know, and just out of control in lots of ways, starting to have a few problems with the police and running around and getting into trouble. But, but you see, God got a hold of me, and he began to say, Nigel, I want to change you into a new person. It's not what you are, but it's what you can become if you allow me to get a hold of you. Hallelujah. Some of us would be amazed. And listen, that work of change doesn't end. I don't know if you've followed the Lord. I'm praying right now. I'm, I'm retired. Basically, I'm retired now. I'm just like a, I'm a full-time granddad. You know, that's what I do. In fact, last week, I took five grandkids to the, uh, to the cinema. And uh, we went in, and, and I haven't been to the cinema. Five grandkids. I said, oh, yeah, kids, have what you want. You know, just help yourself. You know, it's all on granddad. When the bill came... I thought, man, I'm going to need a mortgage, you know, and, and I, I know I'm getting, you know, I'm being typecast now because I went to the assistant, I, I said, excuse me, uh, is there something wrong here? You know, she looked about 12, by the way, you know, uh, and I, I said, is there something wrong here? And I said, is there, could I have a concession or something? She said, well, sir, if you come on Wednesday morning... She said, you can have a biscuit and a cup of tea for £2.50. So I thought, oh my goodness, I better, you know, I'm really big time cast here. Listen, but God sees what you can become. You know, as I look around this congregation, what could God do with you, sir? With you, young woman, with you, mother, father, If you just said, Lord, it's over to you, would you just fill me with your spirit? Would you enable me? Why don't you pray that, Lord? Lord, I want to fulfill your destiny for my life. I don't want to miss what you're doing. I want to fulfill your plans and purposes. You see, he shows you not what you are, but what you can become. Secondly, he shows you what needs work. He shows you what needs work. As Jesus prophesied during the Last Supper, Peter ended up betraying the Lord three times. Remember that? Three times he he betrayed the Lord. And I love the way Jesus handles that situation. See, I think sometimes in my life, sometimes when I've really messed up, 
really messed up big time and got things wrong. And I'm really glad there were people around me who didn't write me off and say, you're finished. But there were people who lovingly said, Nigel, you didn't handle that well, but let me give you some advice. If you've got a godly pastor sometimes that challenges you, or sometimes if you come into Holy Communion and you feel a check in your spirit, and you say, God, I spoke to my wife wrong, or you know, I've got a wrong attitude, and you say, God, I'm sorry, please forgive me. You know, that's the precious work of the Spirit. If you, when was the last time you just said sorry to God and meant it? Or just apologize to a work colleague because you, you promised something that wasn't right. You know, that Christians ought to have a, a king. We're not into fake. We're into real. I love the way Jesus handles it. Three times he goes to Peter. He denied him three times. So three times Jesus says, do you love me? Do you love me, Peter? Do you love me, Peter? He just gently brings him back. And Peter says, Lord, you know I love you. You know I love you. You see, when Peter responds that he does love the Lord, Jesus encourages him to care for his sheep in a tender and heartfelt way. Jesus is telling Peter that his failure doesn't disqualify him. Listen, if you fail God, that doesn't disqualify you. Because he's merciful. He's tender. Aren't you glad about that? That he's quick to forgive. We'll all have moments of spectacular failure, but that doesn't mean there's no way back. And the third thing Jesus says to Peter, he confirms his potential. He says, Peter, you were a reed. You were Simon, but now you're a rock. I'm going to build my church on your confession of faith. You're a rock. And I just want to say that's the work of the Holy Spirit in you. Just as we come before we pray for you, you say, Lord, how can I receive more of your spirit? How can I be enabled in my life to know the fullness of the Holy Spirit as a parent. I think every parent, parents are cha- being a parent is challenging, isn't it? Isn't it wonderful to see all those children going out? Bless them, Lord. It's wonderful teachers that dedicate themselves to serve your children. I hope you pray for them. I hope you send them presents and give them, you know, I was in a church a bit ago, a really, really big church, and uh, I, I just... Uh, when all the children went out, I, I just went to one of the, I just said, before you all go out, I just jumped up and I said, listen, before they all go out, I wonder if all the children's workers would just come to the front. And uh, I got all to come to the front and I just prayed the blessing of God over every children's work, all the creche workers. I encouraged the men to get involved with doing it and uh, look, get, I hope the men are on the creche list here, amen. And uh, uh, I, I, I was really just praying for them. And after church, we had a great time. I think there was a, probably over 1,200 people in church. And I went out to the car park, and this, one of the ladies came over to me. She 
said, Pastor, she said, I, I've been on the ch- children's team here for 20 years and I came with my letter of resignation this morning. Because it's hard. She said, I've got, I've got 10 really naughty boys in my class and she says I work hard to prepare them and it's just hard work and I just thought maybe I'm too old and but she said you just encouraging us to do our work she says I've torn that up because I know God has called me to children's ministry and thank you for encouraging me yeah a lot of people just need encouragement amen just need encouragement it's easy to point what's wrong it's we need to encourage each other God wants to empower us wherever you're serving. And maybe for some of you, he wants to open up a new horizon of ministry. You thought, I could never do that, Lord, but God will seize what you can become. So you say, Lord, how do, I, how do I receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit? Well, firstly, very quickly, believe that God wants to fill you with his Spirit. I hope no one is in any doubt about that. You see, Jesus, before he began his ministry, the Bible says he went was baptized by John. And it says the dove came and landed on him. Remember, it was a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was empowered by the Spirit to fully. How many of you think, well, if Jesus needed the empowering of the Spirit to live out his life, so do I. Amen. So believe, say right now, Lord, I thank you that you want to fill me with your spirit. You want to fill me with a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit. So believe God wants to fill you. Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. The second thing, you've got to prepare your heart. That just means... Lord, if there's anything wrong in me, Lord, please forgive me. If I've got a wrong attitude, forgive me. Lord, if there's something I've done wrong. And thank God, forgiveness is an immediate thing. You don't have to wait 10 months or 10 years or 2 years. You just say, Lord, I confess the wrong in my heart. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. I thank you that your forgiveness is an immediate thing. Hallelujah. And then ask for the infilling. You have to ask. You say, Lord, come and fill me afresh. I wonder if Isaac, you could come and the band just come. And I'm just going to invite you to just come and uh, receive from God. Would you stand with me for a moment? Let's all stand together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you on this Holy Spirit day, this day of Pentecost, that, Lord, you haven't left us to live out our life on our own, but you have come to fill us with your Spirit in order that we can live a life of victory. Aren't you thrilled about that? And so this morning, if you just feel the Spirit of God is nudging you, and you're saying, Lord, I just want to know in the rest of this year, with all the challenges in our world, Lord, I want to know the filling of your Spirit. I'm just going to invite you, Pastor Phil and Wendy and others of the team are just going to stand at the front. We've all got oil. And if you'd like to come, then just make your way forward as Isaac begins to lead us in a song. You can ask the team just to come and stand at the front. If you take some oil.
Thank you, Lord.